commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your holiday news show for in-depth coverage of the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now for your news segment rundown for April 2nd, 2021. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. Clone Wars Conspectus. But first, the news. Thank you very much, Drex, and welcome to another week of Core World News. Yeah. Uh, first up in the news today, um, we have a seemingly innocuous publication announcement um, that I think is actually housing um, a lot of really interesting information. So for the 50th uh, anniversary of Lucasfilm, uh they are re-releasing three books and under the umbrella of the Essential Legends Collection. Yeah. And uh, these three books, uh, we have um, Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn. We have uh, Matthew Stover's Shadow Point. And we have Drew Carpatian's uh, first book in the Darth Bane trilogy. Uh, which is titled Path of Destruction. Do we know if these books are contained contain all three books? I think like the Thrawn book is the is the trilogy, the Heir to the Empire trilogy, I believe. No, so, it's just it's, it's just, just the, the first, first one. It's yeah, just the first one. it's just the first. It's just the yeah the Heir to the Empire book. Yeah, they um. But each are firsts in trilogies, respectively. Yes, and Shatter Parts points part of a series of books that um. I I've read all these books, but I was not I, I forgot it was part of a, a specific trilogy or trilogy or series that deals with the Clone Wars fairly early in the Clone Wars era because it's two thousand three. Um, I don't think these are accidental. Um, it's an interesting it's an interesting choice. Um, I'll I'll choose one, <laughs> and then I'll let you all kind of talk about the the other two if you don't mind. But I right. you know I think Air of the Empire. Um, we know that Zahn, uh, Timothy Zahn, has been um, writing, is one of the few authors to bridge both legends and current canon, um, and to bring Thrawn, his character, into uh, not only the new uh, canon of the literature of the books, but also into Rebels. Um, I think there's a reason why we're getting this. I think we know, we're pretty certain we're going to see Thrawn in, as we talked about, was it last week? We're probably going to see him in some form of television shows. I mean, they already dropped his yeah. name in Mando season two, but I think it's interesting that they're bringing back air of the empire, because if you think about it, they don't have to do this. They have the character in rebels. They have four books, four or five books, five books of new Canon with Thrawn already in it. Yeah. So why so bring what, this back? what you're what you're hinting at right now is, I think, a very tantalizing topic for discussion, <laughs> which is you have to think the story group got together with the publishing group and they, you know, and then other higher ups at Lucasfilm. And they were like, what, you know, what among our Legends novels are, are kind of worth refreshing or you're sending out to our audiences and and letting them kind of indulge in other Star Wars stories that are outside the canon. And they chose these three to start. And, and I think yeah. I think that says something. I think that says I think I think and then I, I would love to address Path of Destruction, the Bane novel, because I feel like 
that that book was transformative for me. Like I loved reading that book. I just remember like I remember sitting outside and reading that book in like two days, just out on uh, a porch, um, and it was fantastic. Like I loved the where it starts, where he's this you know grows mm-hmm. up in this mining camp, is desol, and then joins the, the gloom walkers and, and it's it's so cool to to read darth bane's story and drew carpatian's take on it um and I, I really like the legends version of that character quite a bit uh, i know he was featured in clone wars but yeah this this story is incredibly important i think and then it's just the arc is incredible and uh i, I would love to dive back into that book um yeah so i think yeah. it's pretty interesting we think we know we have an idea of why we're seeing the throne book we have an idea of why we're seeing the bane book Ben, any ideas of why we're getting Shatterpoint or any speculation? <laughs> Thank you for that that lob. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just just to sort of build on what uh, what you're both saying, I, I, nothing is ever done by accident, right? And so I, it's a pretty interesting call to bring to highlight three publications, yeah, in in canon, separate them from you know the you know dozens that are out there. And and re-release them. I think you you do them because a you know you re-release these books, you can make more money. So there's there's money there for re-releases for people that haven't seen it. Um, but I mean, I th- I think the real get to it is it's like it's them stirring the pot on purpose. They're planting seeds and getting people thinking, and it's like a way to release new content without releasing new content. It's sort of like setting singles, uh, sending signals. Um, and you know, Thrawn's obvious. Um, we know that Darth Bane is canon, but then why this? I mean, we, we've seen a lot of Clone Wars, but like why this random Clone Wars series that in the first book anyways is uh, focusing on Mace Windu. And um, I I think there's a chance that we could be bringing uh, Mace Windu back into the fold. And I think this might be signaling it. Um, and I think, it, you know, it might mean we're getting more Darth Bane, too. We know Darth Bane's canon, but um, it might I think it's signaling we might get some more of that as well. But um, yeah, I think Windu is a great call. We were talking beforehand. I don't want to take full credit for this, but we were talking about like a Deepa Balaba is a, a major character in Shatterpoint. And she was um, Mace Windu's um, Padawan. And then. One of Deepa Balaba's Padawans was Caleb Dune, also known as Kanan Jarrus from Rebels. And we know his Padawan is Ezra, Ezra Bridger. Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, Ezra Bridger rumors, Mace Windu, this like lineage. I feel like, you know, we may be seeing him. I don't know if it's Mandalorian. Maybe it's something else. But Samuel Jackson would love to be in another Star Wars movie. Um, or live action series. Um, and, and, you know, they never really killed Maze Windu on screen. Yeah. Just, uh, it's also a great uh, opportunity to do this in the story, especially Ezra's story, because he had first his first master or I guess, you know, uh, first acquaintance in a Darth Maul as a kind of mentor role. Yeah. Uh, it. it he didn't help Ezra navigate the dark side in any way. He just fed into yeah. it. Whereas if he now meets him at Mace Windu uh, later in life, he, Mace Windu could actually help him control the dark side because we know Mace Windu was a master swordsman. He used the dark side, uh, the Vapad style, all that sort of stuff. And it's like if anyone's going to help him hone the dark side, it could be an old, you know, battle scarred Mace Windu who's just somehow 
returned in some yeah. fashion. That would be fascinating. But yeah. we could be overthinking this. They could have just uh, oh, we're definitely publishing initiative I, could have just picked these books up because they're incredibly well written and the pros are you know. I don't you know, think quite good. I don't think we are overthinking yeah. it. I, I really don't. They didn't it, pull these names out of a hat. No, and 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 here's the thing. Heir to the Empire, Path of Destruction are are just softballs, right? Those are two of the most popular series in old canon, yeah. right? Like when you right. talk to Star Wars readers, they will always talk to you about Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire, and they will always talk to you about the Darth Bane series. Yeah. Shatterpoint, I read, I remember really liking it. Matthew Stover is an amazing author, but I don't think it's at that same level of like when you're like, name your favorite Star Wars books of old canon. I haven't heard people mention Shatterpoint before, right? So there's a reason why they picked, and there are literally dozens of books that take place during the Clone Wars that are written by a lot of great Star Wars authors. So there's a reason why they went with this one. It's good. It's a really good book, but to me, it's not like a quote-unquote classic, right, in in that era. Can you imagine a scene where Ezra Bridger meets Mace Windu, and it's he's like, I'm your master's master's master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's ridiculous, but it would be really It'd be uh, interesting. Funny. I it's it's there's I don't, definitely zero chance it happens, but yeah. As long as we're doing a podcast, I might as well. Well, I don't yeah op- option. I don't know so much about the showing up in Mando or or even in the Mando verse, but we know that Samuel Jackson's not above doing series. I mean, he's he's about to start the um the um he's about to start he's under uh, raising cats. cats yeah my cats climbing <laughs> over cats. my shoulders and wanting to say his piece <laughs> on the, actually on the that's on brand he's could be running on the alleys of course on, sure. he's know, like he stop making up crazy stuff um so no but he's but uh samuel jackson's about to start well, I don't think they're about to start shooting, but he is part of the Secret Wars series on Marvel Plus in in the Marvel or Disney Plus in the Marvel Universe. So he's already on board for shooting TV series in on Disney yeah. Plus. So, and he sounds yeah. like an authentic Star Wars fan. Oh, Every yeah, interview, he is, yeah. like he's a geek. He, yeah. you know, he's like, look at my lightsaber, like in his, yeah. like you know, in in random Twitter, like you know, posts it with nothing like to do with this, Star Wars. You know, you could do this really fun deviation where you, where it's uh, Mace Windu takes on a, a Padawan or an apprentice just after he falls, a plummets out the window, and it's like a, a fight for survival and an escape from Coruscant. Oh. And this totally separate story. It yeah, could be absolutely fascinating. Just, you could do something oh, so yeah. great. And maybe he is injured to a, to an extent where he, yeah. he, he it's mortally. No wounded, but uh, but he could be maybe, like a Professor X sort of. Maybe thing. he passes on enough knowledge to this this new character or something like that would be really fun. Yeah, I think he lives. He survives that fall, man. And I, I agree. Yeah. Has a crazy vector afterwards. Even though I can't imagine he wouldn't immediately. Yeah. One. <laughs> he would know, come right back for the Emperor. That's the motivation, yeah. right? It's like. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the first story they got to tell is why he wasn't able to get the Emperor. Yeah, that's always the trick, right? Yeah. Well, then clone troopers could just swoop in, you'd think, right? And then he would just, the Coruscant guard could. Yeah, oh, that would be awesome, him getting chased out by the Coruscant Him guard. fighting off Coruscant guard and escaping would be pretty dramatic. Yeah. What if it's, With what no if it's not? <laughs> what if it's a part of, what's like a Count of Monte Cristo type of situation? Oh. Or a man oh, in the Iron away for He's locked like, away for What if the Empire had him like locked oh. away in Coruscant? 
like just locked away. Like I, for some reason, I'm all about this like torturing Jedi. Like you evolved <laughs> by Ezra Bridger theory. You've been reading yeah. too many High Republic like, books. What if he's there and so somehow it's like after the New Republic takes yeah. over, they like find him in the cell, right? Like what if we get that? Like he's just been. That's why we haven't heard from him because he's been locked in a cell for you know. That's the sequel, years. sequel, guys. Yeah, that's the sequel, sequel. We messed it up. <laughs> but I mean, that would that could also tie him to Bridger if Bridger had a similar situation. Yeah. Maybe they're communing through their like, they like, you know, force skyped, you know, between their both like their tortured souls found each other across the galaxy. Yeah, maybe I love it. Um. All right. Cool. Uh, other news. Uh, there was a cast announcement. Uh, for the Obi Wan series. I don't want to get spoiled. Don't tell me. <laughs> Okay, earmuffs. Yeah, right. you're a. You're listening to the wrong show. B. Your co-host. How, the wrong how, but show. no, but yeah. how could you not see this cast this week? Yeah, because I, I know this, everywhere. It was everywhere. Yeah. social. Yeah, blasted out there. Uh, so a uh, few we knew: Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, um, Joel Egerton, and Bonnie Pies. Uh, I think is her name. So that that was Owen and Bars. Uh, sorry, Baru, Baru. Baru and Owen Lars. You know, it's Owen and his girlfriend, Baru. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a clunky line. This is my girlfriend, Baru. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is weird. So the, 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 the characters that played them in the prequels um, yeah. now are uh, of age. Uh, Kumail uh, Nanjiani. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a surprise. I don't think I saw anyone that came after that because I just stopped because he's also one of my favorite humans in the world. And yeah. then to have him in a Star Wars thing is amazing. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Moses Ingram, uh, she knew as well. I don't think we heard that. I don't think uh, we've heard that name, now. That's um, a new announcement, I think. Yeah, Indira Varma. Was she in... Um, she was in Game of Thrones. She's in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Game of Thrones. That's where I'm seeing her. Okay. And she was announced a few weeks ago. I think they announced her a few weeks before this dropped. Yeah. All right. Uh, Rupert Friend. Is he in The Alienist? Is that that picture? I think that... so. He looks familiar. I, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. That's uh, a... son... O'Shea Jackson Jr. is Ice Cube's son. Oh. Who played Ice Cube in Straight Outta Compton? He's really good. He's yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was okay. Cool. Um, Sung Kang um, looks familiar, but oh yeah, that, he's Han, dude. Yeah. Oh, he is. Okay, thank you. I was like, that's where I know him from. I know him from having not seen Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I just know him from all the like. Oh yeah. That's I just Han. know him from all the post-credit scenes and all the the, the only, other three, the only three uh, Fast and Furious movies I saw, which are the last three, <laughs> which are the best three. I'm a big Tokyo Drift fan. Um, I've heard good things. Yeah. It's the one I own. You know, I don't really own the rest of them. I just like that. Yeah, he was great in that. The whole um, smoking, quitting smoking subplot. Uh, Simone Kessel. Um, not familiar. Nope. Uh, and Benny Safdie. Uh, do you, are you familiar uh, with of, of the Safdie brothers, the directors? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so any, any other notes on, um, on this squad, anything that jumps out? Um, I'm I'm going to call either Indira Varma or Moses Ingram is an Imperial (laughs) right now. That's your, your Imperial, um, inspector, your ISP agent. 
holding yeah. I'm holding true to that that uh, speculation. So That's who I was thinking yeah. as well. And then Rupert Friend um is a hundred percent gonna be a Imperial officer of some kind because I know him. Um <laughs> Remember, I remember before we were taping, I mentioned I was a card carrying member of the PBS uh, <laughs> family. Right. So so my wife and I watched all three seasons of Young Victoria on PBS and he plays Prince Albert. So he's oh. very British and very stodgy. So, well, he's not actually British and, and he plays Prince right. Albert who's actually, I think, German, if I remember correctly, Austria, uh, Austrian. Anyway, but uh, yeah, he's definitely going to be a uh, yeah. right. central casting imperial. He yeah. could be an inspector. But he I, might be too on the nose, though. That might be too, he's likely, just, dare I say, cliche. Yeah. He's not like, he's too, I don't know. He's just, he's just, I don't think he has the guts to be ISB. You know, he's going to be one of the uh, yeah. cowardly Imperial officers, I think, that kind of hides behind everyone else. I sort of imagine him standing on the deck of a Star Destroyer. Like, I, I imagine yeah. this show where, there's sort of like a Star Destroyer or a couple Star Destroyers around Tatooine swarming like sharks in Order 66, like they know someone's close. And um, I don't know. I, I, or, you know, they're, 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 they've got their eyes fixed on Tatooine for some reason. And like, so I imagine someone standing on it and liaising with your inspector there, Grant. Um, See, I know Hayden Christensen is framed next to Ewan McGregor, but I, I can't imagine he's the second build actor on the set. No. I imagine it's going to be someone else on this page here. Or or someone we haven't been revealed. revealed yeah. Maybe Indira Varma, given she was teased a week or two ago. Maybe she gets right. yeah. second build. Maybe she gets a lot of screen time in this show. Yeah. She's also like a very... Not that these other individuals aren't established actors, but like I don't think you're going to have... Uh, Owen and Baru being in it a lot, right? Like, right. I feel like I feel like you can't have that. Um, so yeah, I think she might be the second build in this for sure. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Do you think she will be playing Satine then in the it's flashbacks or something of that sort? I don't do you think she'll be a character on Tatooine. That's I'm hoping character on Tatooine, you know what I mean? Like, I want him to be interacting with someone after yeah. the first episode. The first episode should only be him. And it should be his his daily routine on Tatooine, and that's what we should see for forty two minutes. But yeah. after that, <laughs> right, open it up. Yeah, um, obviously very diverse cast that they've showed us, um, which is cool, and um, a lot of talent. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I imagine. I mean, Joel you know, Joel Egerton is now one of the best actors you know in Hollywood. Yeah, and I oh, feel he's, like he's good. Yeah. I feel like he might be second build. He might get a lot of time in the show. You might get you yeah. might get a huge mission with Owen throughout the entire show. Maybe an arc with Owen. That I guess that's true, right? You could have them kind of knowing because like, who's to say yeah. maybe maybe Obi Wan didn't interact with Luke, but maybe he he interacted with Owen quite a bit. Maybe that's yeah. the story yeah. we're going to see. Maybe yeah. that is where they're going to hone in on. They're like, oh, Obi Wan, you know, ben, old Ben, you know, stops by the homestead to you know talk to Owen, you know, outside, and Luke's inside or something. You know, that, that's a great call. That's a great call. Is, it, we've yeah. seen it in the comics, and we've seen it in um, certain point of view. It's not a friendly friendly relationship between Obi Wan and um, Owen Lars, and. Um, you know that Owen wants him away, knowing yeah. what happened. You know to Anakin, and well, roughly what happened to Anakin, I guess. Um, and yeah, and, and Ewan has to be there, so it's this really like constantly hostile um, peace talks, but both want the same thing. Um, yeah, making for good drama, I'm sure. Drama. So 
before we move on, because I'm sensing him, I, I want to talk about Kumail for a second. Do you think we get Kumail as like on screen appearance or do we think he is voicing uh, an alien? Uh, I, I can't see him do an alien again because I love Kumail and everything he's done, but he just did an alien in MIB internet. That that movie never happened. That was that was a fever dream we all had. It was pre-COVID <laughs> fever dream. It was a, it was yeah. It I'm was pro Kumail. So reverse I, to give us a really bad fever dream. Look, let's just erase that movie. Let's just all agree that oh. movie never existed. What a weirdly misogynist. I never saw it actually. It's oh, really bad. Sorry, and I usually don't like to like go after things on the show, but man, that's a tone deaf. It was rough. It was hard to watch that movie. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah. Um, I hope, but I think that's I hope, he, I hope he gets I guess it's face. droid. I, I I I wouldn't I would I wouldn't mind if he's just a character within the show too. That could be interesting. I mean, maybe maybe yeah. he is there. Like, yeah, maybe there he's the protocol droid that replaced C three PO on the Lars on the Lars ranch homestead. Oh yeah. man, he's just the moisture evaporator. <laughs> he's Treadwell. <laughs> Treadwell. Oh, Treadwell. Um, that would be pretty funny. Yeah, or he'd just be a great character. It'd be like, you know, and the I'll take him I'll take it however they'll give it to us. But I think yeah. I think you know I, I do think droid actually sounds perfect. I mean he's great. I mean he's also he's about to be in the Inhumans or I don't know about about Eternals. to be in because yeah. who knows I don't Eternal. He, what did I say? I do the inhumans, they do that yeah, every yeah, time. Yeah, every yeah. time. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. They're both equally obscure. Um, he, he's uh, he's already he's already filmed the scenes for uh, Eternals. Yeah, I mean it's in the can, right? But I don't yeah. know when it's don't know when it's coming out now with the release schedule. <laughs> yeah, who's to say? Uh, yeah, I mean that's all the more reason that they wouldn't show his face in this. Then if he's just mm-hmm. going to be saturated on um, on Disney programs. But um... all right, so we're saying Droid. That's the final answer. here. I like that. I like that pick. I think that's I think that's, a, I think that's easy, you know, safe money yeah. if, you're, if you're betting at home. Um, yeah, can't wait for the series. We all put in our picks um, last week on um, for our locked in picks for the <laughs> um, the whole plot of all of the shows uh, with with no information to go on. Actually, it, it happened before this. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll see how much of that comes true. And um, yeah. Jump into the comics. We're kind of taking these as they come since they're not uh, being released as uh, nicely and neatly as they were in the past. So we're going to talk about Dr. Afra number eight this week. Uh, the Engine Job Part 3, Old Wounds by Wong, Young, Olzaba, Rosenberg, Karamanga, and Swabi. Swaby? Yeah, Swabi. Swabi. We'll go with Swabi. Uh, in this issue, Dr. Afra Swaby. Dr. Afra is teaming Sway. up with Sway's right there in uh Wikipedia. Swaby. Sway Swaby. Swabi. Uh so we have Dr. Afra teaming up with Sanastaros to uh, complete the job giving them given to them by Domina Tag. Uh, basically find a hyperdrive uh, that they believe comes from a the engine of a Nile spaceship. But they're not yeah. the only one after said engine. Yeah, this is a deep journey. They're like, this yeah. is Staros and Afro. Like, I, I love that, like, this is their one mission, and it's felt like it's it's been issues and issues of them just, like, going down this fraught rabbit hole of, of adventures um, to, get, to get chasing down this hyperdrive. What does it say... 
world engine, right? Is that what they call it? The path engine. Path, path engine. engine. Path yeah. engine. Thank you. Um, Which, I, again, I mean, it's all synergy, right? But this does connect directly back to the High Republic uh, books and, and, you know, large print uh, conglomerate that's happening right now. But there's an, it, you know, not to spoil, well, I will spoil, the the first major book, the Charles Sue book, is it Light of the Jedi? The name yes. Of the yes. Yep. Um, but at the end of the book, we get the Nile uh, using this path engine to just do micro jumps and appear like this is very devastating way to use this. And I like the fact that, you know, we had talked about when we covered that book, how amazing that was, but also like, this is interesting technique. Like it's like a million holdo maneuvers at once. Yeah. Right. And like, why is this not a thing? Right. And they even, they're explicitly talking about that in the cover. Yeah. I think they cover it at one point. Talking. It's like, yeah. Oh, if the, if the, you know, the rebellion was able to get this technology and, you know, jump and, and do these kind of micro jumps just in and around systems, you know, in a battle, they would get the advantage against the empire. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, they talk about that uh, between each other in yeah. this issue. And I love, I love how yeah. uh, Alyssa Wong builds on the friendship of, of, of Staros and Afra because it feels like Son of Staros knows Afra quite well. And she really knows yeah. how to like push the buttons and, and they have really interesting banter. And I just want to see more kind of, uh, of their kind of like buddy chemistry. Yeah, they're yeah. college buddies, right? They went yeah. to school together, which I had sort of forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's cool. so funny. Yeah, uh, you also get like the you also get the rope swing from A New Hope in this, but with Sans yeah. and uh, as Luke and and uh, Afra in the Leia role. And it's, and uh, uh, it's but really no cool. kiss, no kiss for luck, which I was expecting. Yeah, to happen, I was expecting right? at the, yeah. the end to just yeah. kind of match yeah. the whole thing, but it was cool nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, action packed, right? Like it's just one. Like it feels like you're in the middle of a buddy cop movie for 22 pages. And in the beginning, we start in that bar, and uh, I think we, uh -huh. we get the the Max Rebo character, like yeah, <laughs> Ortolan. Yeah, yeah, Ortolan. Yeah, nice. I uh, was actively sad when they just cut to a one panel scene of what happened after the unbroken clan visited, and I'm like, oh, well, that's that's sad. Yeah, a lot of synergy going on in this comic. Yeah, I, I, I definitely thought a lot about how they like. It makes sense that an archaeologist would be perfect for synergy with um, the High Republic. And they, I mean, why wouldn't you do it, right? And the the way they've sort of given out information through both High Republic and then Afro back and forth has been beautiful and like progressive and, you, you know, nothing gets spoiled and you just sort of get it as it comes. And they, they've done a really nice job there. But um, now they're starting to synergize like all the, you know, current, like the simultaneous comics that are going on with bounty hunters and star wars and darth vader and um and now afra and um that's been great as well it's cool to see some bounty hunters characters uh leaking through into into this mm -hmm. and seeing how it goes very deftly done lucasfilm in the story group mm -hmm. and it, it and as a whole it doesn't feel like it's just you know uh extrapolating on the higher public also there's callbacks to the last jedi in this issue i mean we go to cantonica yeah, yeah. This issue. Yep. And yep. Um, a lot of the same sentiments are shared about Cantonica and it being a rotten place where, you know, you have the one percenters, you know, treating everyone badly. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's definitely talked about in this issue. Uh, yeah. Bit with the lucky character. Yeah, totally. It was a, like a flashback to Last Jedi right there. 
in the middle of this um this comic with just lucky as an assassin which was kind of cool to but see a, and all the hyperspace stuff as a whole i think is I yeah. think the last jedi really set up a wave of conversation about hyperspace i always took it for granted i always thought it was just a fun way Same to travel around the galaxy i never thought we'd explore that the technology of it i never thought it would matter to the degree it does in the high republic books but um interesting that afra is searching after the 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 path engine technology in the Nile ship. And I feel like that, I feel like a lot of that stuff <clears throat> spawned from the Haldo maneuver in the last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was yeah. such it's a, a wondrous spectacle, such a powerful moment that a lot of people were like, what if we could just do more of that? Like micro jumps, uh, coordinated jumps, ambushes through hyperspace. Just like, what if we explored more of this? Yeah. Play, play with the science a little bit. They, yeah. like I said, they, they're really timid with playing with real science fiction in star Wars. Yeah. I be, but um, I think it's really cool when they do. You know, something I just I realized, I was like, oh, there's kind of a pattern here. Uh, like in the comics, they they flash back and they flash forward, right? So in this, they flash back to High Republic and they flash forward to Last Jedi. Uh, yeah. And then in Vader, they flash back to the prequels and they flash forward to Rise of Skywalker. And in Star Wars, they flash back to, you know, A New Hope, a pre-New Hope. Um, and then they flash forward to sequel trilogy with Poe Dameron and like yeah. the thing. The one um, omission <laughs> in Bounty Hunters, they flash back uh, to you know the comics and like pre-war. I guess solo? Solo? The like, solo. They kind of flash back to yeah, the yeah. Soloverse a little solo bit, verse. but yeah. Soloverse. But they, I don't think they flash forward. There's no, no sort of calls to anything sequely. Not really. Yeah. Nothing I can think of. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was just like, oh, there must be some edict, and it makes sense. Let's synergize this whole thing. It, it, you know, use what you've got now that you've got actually like benchmarks and waypoints that you can refer to that are set in stone in the new canon. Um, I would imagine as a storyteller, it'd be fun to use both of them. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's a really good observation, and also might explain why bounty hunters. Not that this is on a you know patch of bounty hunters, but. That might explain why it hasn't really connected with me as much as some of the other ones. Like maybe it just that's why it feels separate for me, right? There's a kind of right. pattern. It's a little yeah. lost in time. Like we yeah. know roughly when it is, but it's like there's this definitive moment in all the other ones, all the other right. Well, uh, theoretically, all these stories are taking place at the exact yes, same time. They right. are, but we have no but, reason in that book to know that, right? Other than we're told that. Like nothing in Bounty Hunters makes me feel like, oh, this has to be told right after empire because it's all such fringy characters and i think that's that might be one of the problems i have with balance it's like it was already fringy when you're centering around forlom and zuckus right like or dengar or boss like that's still fringy enough and like then you bring in balance which is like a super yeah. cut um it'll, and it'll as be... your main character and you're like oh, okay yeah yeah it'll be super interesting that they're doing their first kind of major crossover between all books thing going on this summer right the war of the bounty hunters it'll be interesting what that does for bounty hunters right if that kind of yeah. maybe ties everything together in a way that's nice and makes me go back and want to reread and appreciate what they were doing in that book right well the funeral of balance i'm sure will be a very <laughs> momentous event so does this mean that star wars will intersect with the war of the bounty hunters as well and we'll get yeah yeah, I think in, all yeah. the books have um, a kind of a prelude section. Like they all kind of tie into the big uh, six-part miniseries, I believe it is. Exciting. 
very yeah. exciting stuff. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm actually really interested in the the crime syndicates that are featured in um in bounty hunters. Um it's it's a little bit of uh you know, just this like rivalry, like Hatfield and McCoy's um in a crime syndicate. And we haven't really seen too much of that. Like we know they all sort of battle, but like having this like blood feud that lasts generations among um crime syndicates, like I- I'm there for that. I want I want to see some of that. Yeah. Me too. So there are nine issues of the main runs or actually eight issue of the main runs that are all kind of like prelude to the bounty hunters that lead up to it. So it's, yeah. So it's star Wars, 13 and 14 bounty hunters, 12 and 13 Darth Vader, 12 and 13 and Dr. Afro 10 and 11. And then it leads into the five issue or six issue miniseries. <laughs> Does this all take place before both Return- transports the body to uh, yes. Jabba's palace. That would be more or less, yeah. I I guess, yeah. Because I think that's going to be like when he shows up with with Han. um, That's pretty much the kickoff to Return of the Jedi. So I I don't know. I think I saw like some cover art, and it looked like Boba Fett was defending the the Han frozen in carbonite and just kind of like firing his blaster as E eleven. I I wonder where that 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 made me. That makes me think everyone's hunting for Han to deliver to. I, or, I think you're right because do you, I'm going to read you the nine titles of the of the issues. I'm not going to tell you what series because I don't think it matters. But I'm going to tell you the series. First is Precious Cargo, followed by The Hunt for Han Solo, followed by <laughs> Target Solo, followed by Into the Trap, followed by The Invitation, then Showdown on Smuggler's Moon, then Save Solo, then Sound of Metal, and then the also known the also called the invitation. Oh, because that's Dr. Afro. So they, they renamed it. And then it leads into the War of the Bounty Hunters. So my guess is that's like mm. it's like where's where's Solo? And then I'm hoping the War of the Bounty Hunters is all of them just you get all of the bounty hunters fighting to try to capture Solo. Han and Carbonite. Overbalances cold, dead mechanical body. Yeah, that'll be really good. Um Balance Solo reuniting would be interesting to see. Yeah. Oh, actually, you're right. That would be a good one. If, but but he's I not going to come out of carbon freeze until right. He's not going to be there. But it makes sense that that uh, Valance would want to shepherd because he, he feels a debt to Solo. So it'd be um, he would want to help shepherd him towards safety, but or try and pick him off before he gets to Jabba's. I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well. All right. So th- there's not much left to the imagination with those titles. That are pretty much Solo is going to be a big part of that. But um, it makes sense. It'll be fun. Yeah. Boshleya. I mean, we got Boshleya in the, I think, one of the one-offs that um, uh, for the Star Wars, uh, the Rebellion, Age of Rebellion. Yeah, I think uh, it was the Age of Rebellion. The series. Yeah. We got the Leia issue where we get a little bit of Bosch origin. And yeah, then I think, she I think picks up the, ba- the Bosch costume. And it's so cool, but I just want more Boshleya. I think... Some of the best Star Wars to ever Star Wars. We talked about this one time before we well, went on the record, but it, it's it's got to be Boshley like walking into Jabba's palace yeah. and going up to Han, and it's just like that. Just feels so Star Warsy in, in all the best ways. It's so strange. Uh, the production design is incredible. The costume design is incredible. The voice act, the voice um, <sighs> manipulation, yeah, incredible. 
and it's it's not there's no like it's 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 disjointed it doesn't feel like it, you don't know what's going on you don't know what the language you're speaking it feels strange it's, yeah that's the territory you want to get into you just like. know they have a thermal detonator and they're willing to blow <laughs> up the place. um yeah well this is going to be a great uh, adventure as we go through and it, i kind of like this picking them off one at a time and giving them their due yeah they're too. all fantastic comics and it's fun to uh fun to talk to them talk about them in depth um now we're gonna go on to some clone wars conspectus i think now from the front lines of the other mcgs commander cody's clone wars conspectus very good sir thank you cody all right um haven't had a clone wars conspectus in a long time um feels good to do one of those again um you know bad batch is tangentially related to the clone wars they are clones after all um though this is going to be a new series um dropping real soon um so we got a two minute trailer a new like long form trailer for bad batch it's going to be coming out on may the 4th yeah um, as part of the the star wars celebration the annual star wars celebration yeah. official and star i think wars. uh premiering with a 70 minute episode so like almost a mini movie oh nice yeah Seven i read that so I, I read that somewhere so yeah that's great i mean it this this trailer was intense yeah. um i'm i'm psyched for this thing what do you guys think and it's kind of like a pseudo like what eighth season of clone wars what did clone yeah. Wars get up? yeah technically yeah, yeah. Kind of it takes place after clone wars and we saw them in clone wars and it, it looks like they're just continuing with their service under the empire and but it looks like they're also you know making a choice they're meeting rebels like saw Gerrera in this yep. trailer they're 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 learning they're they're taking action and they're going to make a choice i think to get out that yeah. that's what the show looks like to me it looks like they're, it, it's their choice to get out of the empire it totally does but it's interesting where we're going to switch they're going to have to do a hard pivot right where we are yes our five main characters are clones that we're going to support but they're going to be they're being hunted by other clones it's it, right. it so it's gonna be interesting to have to do that yeah. shift this was like a mini episode. I mean, you kind of got the deal. I mean, some heavy hitters, Tarkin's in here, but it, yeah, Shamiv, you want to get a quick overview, obviously go see the trailer. It's awesome. But they get put into, you meet the the clan again, the the um, the uh, Bad Batch crew, and they get put into a crucible, a testing on Kamino. We see Kamino again, which I'm so excited about. We've yeah. talked about how much we love Kamino. Right. It's like a danger room for the clones. Right. Yep. And, and we saw it in one of the arcs in Clone Wars. Um, yep. That's where we met Fives and like a bunch of the, the main clone characters. Um, so we've seen things like that before. And there are, you know, the new recruits are always struggling with it. But the, this is an elite team. The Bad Batch is an elite team. And so they, they maul through that. We get to see Tarkin and um, Coruscant Guard, which is amazing. And then we see sort of this break. And then our, you know, heroes are being hunted. Um, so, I mean, like that, that pretty much lets you know what's going to happen here. They're, you know, they're part of the empire and the empire sort of chews on them a little bit and they seem too tough and they get spit out and they go and do something else or, you know, they rebel against, against the empire, which is a really fascinating thing. Yeah. Yeah. And a couple of new characters are shown in this trailer and they're, there's, uh, you could say they're, they're mysterious. I think the one is the kid, right? The kid is. Yeah quite mysterious uh just referred to as the kid by uh all the the bad batch i think in the yeah 
but kind of the narrator garbage. for most of this yeah. trailer. But if you listen to it with closed yeah. captions on, which I do with everything, uh, the kid's name is the the caption is Omega. Seems to be the kid's name, which right. you know, theor- theorizing Omega, last letter of the alphabet, Greek alphabet. I'm theorizing the last clone. Yeah, there's the alpha, and then there's the omega, yeah. which is, I mean, that has to be right. I have to say, you just told me this two minutes before we started recording. And so that deflated my theory, but um, <laughs> sorry. A- according to just like me looking at the animation style, it looks like a Mandalor- uh, Mandalorian to me. Yeah, it totally uh, does. Yeah, like like of the like Duchess Satine era Mandalore um, is the way that the the kid. It's you know short. I don't know if it's male or female, blonde hair, um, you know, blue eyes. Well, all right, we don't to know me, that's me actually it looks a like, Jango like female. Could be female. I think she could be a. She could be a Jedi or she could be female Django, like the young clone, maybe the, the last clone, like you're saying, Adam, the Omega, yeah. the final clone, but the final clone, the chromosome shifted and it's just sure female. Yeah. I mean, we're that. dealing with a show of, of five characters who have who genetics are different than most clones, right, in some way. And so it makes sense that they they are saving someone else who is a I mean, not to call female mutant but someone whose genetic mapping is different right than what we were expecting and so they would feel a kinship and wanting to save something that they were going to put that the that the cloners are possibly going to eliminate i mean yeah maybe, are you saying like maybe this is like a genetic like reproduction of like Django's mother or something because well, like no, it doesn't look just, anything like tomorrow Morris. right just it's just it's alteration to the genetics right made a, a woman a girl instead of a, a boy yeah you just say uh, you just I mean, I mean, that's it's it's fairly easy, right? Because we all start out female genetically. And so I guess it'd be very much easier to halt that process if you're if you're a cloner. Right. But bottom line, we get Kaminoans. We get cloning. We get clones again. I mean, enhanced clones. We get get Tarkin. Yeah. 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 Generally just a god for orders. orders. Yeah. And we also get good stuff. Fennec Shand. Right, right. Fennec Shan seems like she plays a major role in this, which yeah. is pretty cool. Get some backstory on that character. Um, and I know Mignon Wen has been promoting this on her Instagram. She does Fennec Fridays as her Instagram, so she always does stuff oh, from that's great. Fennec stuff. And so I know she was just this Friday. She was there today. She was promoting this quite a bit. So she definitely seems to be playing a role. Nice, nice. Yeah, awesome she, to have she may her. Be featured heavily in Book of Boba. I think so. I think she will yeah. be. Yeah. It's his right hand uh, person, woman, um, at, when we left him last in Mandalorian. So it makes sense. She'll play a big role in whatever his plans are next. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rad. This is uh, this is going to be a great series. I can't wait for May the 4th. Um, yeah. For some reason during lockdown, like every <laughs> every holiday that like goes by as we sort of wisp through life. I try to like make an effort to like overindulge in it. Like on St. Patty's day, I had like an orange fake beard on and beads and (laughs) drank Guinness and Jameson and, you know, listened to um, a bunch of Irish drinking songs. Like I'm going to play up star Wars day big time. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be a big thing. We should do a special on the day. We usually do. Yeah, I think uh, we totally should. And we can cover this amongst other things. I'm sure there'll be some uh, some announcements. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool, too. Maybe another 
sneak preview, maybe an Obi-Wan, maybe an Andor. Um, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. I think Christensen talks playing Vader. His return. Yeah. Ooh. Dude, yeah. I would just a couple the sentences suit. from Hayden would make me so happy. See him on a, a dais again or even on a Zoom call. I would be I, right. I know. I see Hayden like full grin, just like wielding a lightsaber on the set. Right. <laughs> Creepy stare, just like <laughs> It's going to be so great. You don't even know. It's going to be so great. Uh, cannot wait. <laughs> I'm awesome. Awesome. I hope the choreography is off the chain like it was in the prequels. I yeah. bet it will be. Enough of it's a uh... slow, methodical kendo, bushido. Uh, like, let's go, let's go high octane. Let's, let's go Deborah... like Fast and Furious. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, Deborah Chow, right, is doing most of the directing, yeah. and she directs amazing she action scenes. So, yeah. Be great, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like, it, you don't let's, let's go crazy again, yeah. I mean, you if especially if it's like a fresh Obi Wan, like on Tatooine, still like not too crusty yet, like just yeah. like showing off his moves a little bit, that'd be great. Like, him against a wait, canonically, where does Darth Maul end? Up? Yeah, I was just looking at <laughs> where right we've talked about this before. I, I don't, we're not going to see Darth Maul. He's no. Well, my point is, like, he still has his. He's he's still like fit when he takes on Darth Maul, as much as he's very poised with how he takes down Darth Maul. But he's still he's kind of an old man. He's He's almost there. He's he's almost like you know Sir Alec Guinness Obi Wan um, in Rebels when we see that final confrontation. I mean, how many mind tricks are we going to get in this season? Oh, so many. Oh, what's the over under? Because Obi Wan, yeah. I feel like is is one of those Jedi who it was just kind of a cerebral Jedi in my mind. I'm gonna set the over under at five for the season, but it's only yeah. six episodes, right? I'm gonna set it at three. I think three is a good number. That's a hard one because I, I that's the one where you're like five. I'm, I'm like under. two, two because yeah. they're pretty big cheats as for a storytelling. Pretty big cheat, yeah. I'm gonna say anywhere. That's his saying, move. That's his move. Are we saying successful or attempted? Attempted oh. one. Successful. Dude, no, successful Kenobi was... doesn't miss a mind trick. All right. He's I don't know because we have. I mean, we have him. We have his master trying one on Sardarian that doesn't work, right? Like that's his master. So, that's not but... the master. Yeah, Obi is. <laughs> I mean, I guess he. Yeah. I'm not gonna say anything bad against. Obi-Wan. No, feel free. I'll just defend my my hero. Um, I'm so, a big Qui Gon uh, fan, and I'm telling you, Qui Gon, Obi doesn't make those kind of mistakes. All right. He's too calculated. He's not as brash. He doesn't. He doesn't start a fight. He knows that he doesn't know he can win. Yeah. yeah except for that one time, it's Count Dooku, and uh, that. Yeah, oh, except uh, for Count Dooku's is like one weak spot. I gotta say. Yeah. It's just. Well, but is that is that his fault or falling is that... debris? Falling debris. Yeah. Obi Wan, not so good. That's true. Yeah. Wait, which which fight are we talking about? Which because he lost about two different fights. He lost. He yeah. lost. I think he's zero for two against you. <laughs> yeah, starts her in at Tyrannus. Yeah. Uh. Is yeah. His his definitely a kryptonite. I would say. Yeah, but definitely uh, did take out Vader, Grievous, Darth Maul twice. I'm just saying. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. He's <laughs> He's the Jedi for our time and place. Well, E. McGregor is 13 years younger than Alex Guinness was when he played Obi-Wan. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they'll probably lean into that. And because yeah. I think they said 
I think it's what, 20 years in exile. So they're going to pitch him at about 10 years in. Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds about right. Yeah. So it, it, we're not really going to get fresh Obi-Wan boots on the ground and Tatooine, which would actually be a really great story. But I am, again, we they might do flashbacks. Talk, we might do some flashbacks. So, because I mean, Ewan McGregor looks much younger than Alex Guinness did at 50. Right. It's all that clean living, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so then to go back to the, to the, um, to Obi-Wan's fight with Darth Maul, that's got to be much closer to episode four, right? Isn't that? Oh, it's real close. It's right. Yeah. Up it's like against it's it. less yeah. than a year out, okay. not much more than a year out. So like, he's still like, even then he's not, you know, he's not jumping around, flipping around, but you know, he Wait, no, it's look- not. It's got to be like 10 years out from a new hope. The final no, it's Maul. really close, man. That's because that's no, the, the second episode last... you hear. Uh, oh, and then you hear Baru yelling Luke and it's like, I guess you're far away, so you can't tell. But I thought it was a kid. I thought you see Luke run back. Oh, you do. You're right. And it looks like a very small kid. Yeah. But weird. Uh, it's far away. No, it's got like, like five. A year. No, I felt the same thing. But it's it, because we're only I think that's Rebels season. That's season no, that, season that's, four, that's a, I think it's season four. I think it's the penultimate episode of Rebels that happens. Um, I'm pretty sure, but maybe it's season three, not season four. I bet it's probably, you know, within three years of a new hope. Yeah. Yeah. I really felt like it was like, we're really coming up on it. Um, cause it's, it's white haired Obi-Wan, but he still had like a full head of hair. I don't know. Maybe they just gave Sir Alec Guinness a little more hair than he does in real life. I do think they might add a lot of salt and pepper to Ewan McGregor for this, for this, uh, yeah. Because the whole thing is like, wow, those 20 years really like, you know, he left at like 30 and like at 50 yeah. looks like 70 and like oh. twin sons. I can't imagine twin sons. Yeah, that's stop son. being a peacekeeper, too. I, I see. Even though he's lives as a hermit, I feel like that he, Obi-Wan doesn't have it in them to be a complete exile away from society. I think he's a protector. I think he will always be a peacekeeper. It's very hard for him to just disconnect. All right. I, I think he's going to go out there in the desert. And I think he's going right. to solve Clean up Dodge a little bit? Yeah, I think so. At least it's, it's a immediate tiny, area. He's going to see wrongdoing, and he's going to stop the wrongdoing. He's like, I'll tell you what. You know, Tashi Station is going to hum. It's going to be a clean, lovely city that's going to be taken care of. I think that's the closest city to where he lives, right? I think so, based on, yeah, which makes sense that that would be kind of the... Uh... The main crux. I don't think we're gonna get a lot of Moss Eisley. Right. In Mo- Wait, is Moss Espa close as well? Yeah, I think it's the closest. Moss Espa is probably the closest. Then you have Tosu Station and Moss Eisley is further. So update. Darth Maul died two years BBY. So there you go. So two Luke years. was like fourteen to sixteen at that time. Yeah, but Luke they made him like look 18. like he was five in the animation. Well, now Star Wars is broken. Thank you, Rebels. Huh. I'm kidding. Baloney. That's kind of a. I have to see that scene. Are we all just retconning it in our brain? Does that make no, sense? Like, I remember we... that scene. Was it something well. else? No, I remember pretty clearly because he's on a ridge and he's looking and you see on the horizon this like little like kid. It looks like a nine year old or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was supposed to be like real young. He's supposed to be like 16, 17 during A New Hope or something. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's fine. It's it's really not a big deal. He went through a growth spurt a little late, et cetera, yada, yada. He's not a tall kid to begin Do with. Do you think so. we see Luke in Obi-Wan? Yes. Yes. 100%. In what yeah. capacity? Like, is it just... I think of the capacity like, you're describing. Camera, yeah. Or, 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 to, or yeah. you just hear, like, Luke. Anakin's and, like, age. Obi-Wan sees him, and then you don't see the, like, how... You don't see uh, Luke, but you see Obi-Wan's expression. I could actually see them interacting, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Because he knows who he is. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think we see nine years. It could be as simple as Luke just getting water or oil for his evaporators or the the droid baths in the cellar. That's pretty normal to have. Or there... Um, could be like that video game callback. It was like one of the pre-missions. You're in one of those T-16s um, flying through. They they look like small, really small one-person um, uh, Imperial shuttles. They're like three wings on them. There's, there's a game where you sort of bullseye womp rats in these T-16s. And uh, I wonder if you, you see him I, as like I, a super novice nine-year-old pi- pilot. Right, and they, and showing off kind of his abilities, like like Anakin and Ray. Yeah, do. yeah. Super early age. Yeah. Not that, such a bad pilot himself. Or, just, or you could have people watching those that specific starfighter flying through the canyons, you know, shooting or just racing, you know, and just people watching. And then Obi Wan could be watching Luke. You know, what I mean, like Luke could be yeah. at these these events and then obi-wan could just be not far behind because he knows it's a populated area right he knows like commercial entities are showing up brands you know companies are showing up to and possibly the empire's monitoring some of these people like obi-wan's probably gonna stick near luke when he's out and about town right like what do you think he'll like actively yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah. luke plays it totally yeah, be trailing him yeah, yeah. But I'm, again, I'm thinking like nine-year-old, like five to nine-year-old Luke. So like, you know, entry age for Disney into Star Wars sort of thing. Like Anakin Skywalker was when they found him as a slave on uh, Tatooine. That that sort of age, Luke. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how much adventuring he's going to do on his own other than the flying thing. But, you know, I don't know if he's going in Moss Espa on his own. That'd be pretty dangerous. Right. But if he's like, in, you know, if he's like searching around in like the hills or whatever, Obi-Wan's not going to be far. Yeah, I mean, we know Joel. What if it's just like, Owen going I mean, to the bar and then just starting fights and then knowing that Obi Wan's just going to end them and then <laughs> Owen's yeah. just be the <laughs> tough guy in town. That is awesome. Just, you could just use Obi Wan as a tool, dude. Or like, is it it's just really yeah. about Owen Lars? Like most of the show is just like him this, and this real psychological dive on him. This is a Trojan horse Owen Lars show. <laughs> You never know. Oh, man. Uh, you totally derailed what I was thinking about for this. Sorry. Oh. We were talking about the Bad Batch initially. We, no, yeah, I was really no, like, I'm full in on Obi-Wan. You no, no, no I love this. this is, I'm here for this conversation because this, this show is impending. It's, uh, it's coming soon. So. Yeah, we're going to see him. I mean, we know that like the, the Lars Homestead is going to play a major role. Yeah. In, so... There's going to be those confrontations. Wait, we're, we're in aftermath in the aftermath books. When does Jar Jar get to Tatooine? So, all right, it's funny. I just read a news article, and um, the actor that plays Jar Jar, I'm at best, um, has said no, he has not been tapped for the show. 
Because that would be a great cameo, honestly. Yeah, I think he's I think he's back on um, Tatooine. I mean, yeah. uh, on Naboo. Sorry, uh, not not Tatooine. Okay. However, I feel like this is the same thing that pops up when we talk about um, when we talk about uh, Alan Tudyk's and playing um, Tudyk playing um, K2S, right? Like he hasn't said he said like I haven't been tapped yet. They're not calling him on set. They're just going to do voiceover. So that stuff happens kind of later on. So same thing with Jar Jar. They're not going to bring Ahmed Best on set to, to play him, I don't think. So as much as he hasn't been tapped, there could be a call coming in a few months when they're doing post-production. Be like, hey, hey, we want to do a voice. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And he could be what just straight just up a defeated also. like Gungan juggler or something like that. Yeah. And like, wow, okay, that's like a metaphor for the Republic, you know, falling from its glory days. Like it's just, Dude, and there's I, and it could be Jar Jar. You could interpret it that way, or you could, you know, whatever way you want to interpret it. On yeah. any one of these series, I would be stoked for a Jar Jar cameo. I really would. Uh, agreed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, there's so much character work done already. I think you just have to extend it, and it has to be just really good writing and and just important stuff that you'd give to them. And we're gonna get and it. And it makes way more sense now to do Jar Jar than it does to do, you know, uh, to not to not do Jar Jar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he got Jar Jar got a really sort of sad ending by Chuck Wendig. Um, yeah. Where he's just like a busker entertaining yeah. children just trying to bring some joy to the galaxy after, you know, rising to the ranks of Senate Avatar or whatever, you know. And yeah. About Single-handedly it. causing its fall. I, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Indeed, just being a tool. And, and but the thing is, is, he recognizes it and he understands it, and so he's put himself into some sort of purgatory or penance for, you know, the wrongs he's done. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, he's a, for Obi Wan. He's yeah. a tragic. He's a sad clown. Yeah, he ends up. Mesa sinned. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> go. What he says that. in the book, I forget. I totally forget. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? It makes sense. I'm trying to think of who, what makes sense for Obi Wan. Oh, a callback characters makes sense for Obi Wan. You know, legacy characters. Obviously, Hayden Christensen's been cast as Vader, and oh, it's so interesting because we were all talking about this a long time ago about how how heavily we want Vader to be featured in this show, and uh, I think we all decided like not. We don't want to see too much of him. Like we don't want to see too much Vader. It kind of doesn't make sense because the new it takes away yeah. from a new hope and. You know, what the last thing you want to do is take away from the yeah. hope. Right? We should right. see a lot of Anakin and very little Vader. So Clone yeah. Wars flashback. Yeah, yeah. flashbacks. But a li- as we know, a little Vader goes a long way. Yeah, a little bit. As soon yeah. as you see, you know, it, it, that's a, I don't know, as soon as you see him in the suit, it's it's on. And like, I could see it as a season finale. I could see it as like season or like episode three or so, suddenly you see him. Well, there. what you can do with this storytelling is you can take the helmet off Vader and do oh. some helmetless Vader. And then you can do helmeted Vader, which I think is very fun as a writer. Yeah. I think you can yeah. really do fun stuff with that. If you, yeah. if they want to do that. Well, one of the most popular um, rebels episodes was where in the battle with Ahsoka Tano and mm-hmm. she fractures the helmet and you can see sort of half of Anakin Skywalker's Vader's face with the yellow eyes and the gray skin, but it's still very much his cheekbones, and you can tell he's in okay. there. 
He's this in just, the suit. This just gave me a theory, guys. All right. Do we yeah. get Ahsoka Tano in this show? And does she recount that fight and tell Obi-Wan about the fractured mask and Vader and be like that Jedi that's forewarning him that there's a the doom of the galaxy and kind of still remaining that sort of wizened character that I've always taken her as. Uh, where is Ahsoka in the timeline right now? I well, I will say it's possible. Yeah. I feel like the that battle happens a little bit later because pretty much I think um, Rebels is pretty much like four or five years leading up to A New Hope. So yeah. I think she, most she of that sense, content I think happens. Vader is Anakin before. I don't know. She seems pretty shocked in that in that temple battle when, when she sees that it's Anakin. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I will not say no to Ahsoka yeah. any of these series. She's certainly alive and she's somewhere. Um, I don't know why she'd be on Tatooine, but why is anyone on Tatooine or Jakku? You know, but so like I know, but there. a lot but, of people are on Tatooine for some reason. Yeah, I will say Greedo is alive. I yep. get a Greedo cameo. Good to tell you, get a Greedo. Oh, easy. Well, I think we both we all want uh, Greedo and Han. Like a little bit of Greedo and Han tease yeah. or something. Like just if you go to a canteen, like, like just give us right. the shots of the boot. Give us the shot of yeah. Greedo's hand or something. They're walking around. Oh man, yeah. Now you've made me really want Han Solo in this real bad. <laughs> just like just like a whiff of him. Just like a little bit of Han aroma in Chalman's can- Cantina. Just like they're like there's swagger somewhere, but I can't tell where it's coming from. Oh wait, it's in that corner, like the corner of the uh, bar. Uh, we're obviously going to get uh, Jawas and Tuscan Raiders in yep. the show, no doubt. Um, but just and it, but how heavily featured? I have no idea. Like, do yeah. we get a lot yeah. of Jawas? Do we get a lot of Tuscan Raiders storyline? I mean, Favre, I think there were rumors of the Hussein Amini script being all about the the Jedi who was a Tuscan Raider. Yeah, I would love if they they shoehorn that in there. I mean, I'm pretty sure though this series is only going to be six episodes, right? And it's just going to be one season. It's just going to be this. Yeah, one. that's a lot to pack in there. But I, that would be a great episode though, if like he runs into this this Jedi in exile hiding as a Tuscan Raider. Is like that's a really powerful story. That'd be a great episode. Yeah, that'd be a but great. Frame, framing this as six episodes, then maybe maybe that would be a lot to do. But um. I will say this as kind of a closing thought on my end is that if if they somehow get Liam Neeson yes. and they have Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, and Hayden Christensen, I think it could retroactively make the prequels more interesting. Just yes. all in all, a better viewing experience. Because you're yeah. like, oh, I can... I know where the, some of this ha- what what happens down the road, and it's a it's there's more closure than Revenge of the Sith in a lot of ways. Like Revenge of the Sith was not the closure closure I needed to happen almost too abruptly. It was too fast and way too intense. I was like, this right. is not this is not even Star Wars anymore. This is not even, it's like it was just kind of falling apart at the end there. I was like, it's just too happening too fast. It kind of yeah. needed to slow down. Yeah, it was like a real tragedy. See, I don't mind like- Rise of Skywalker, Revenge of the Sith you know, pull a return of the King and they can extend their run running their, their runtime. That's, that's, I think it's allotted for trilogies. Like you should be able to extend those moments. Yeah. I, I would, I would have watched rise of Skywalker for five hours in a row and then watched it again. Yeah. And yeah. And same for, um, revenge of the Sith. I remember there was a lot riding on that. And I remember walking out of 
Clone Wars being like, oh my gosh, because you know where it's going, right? Yeah. Uh, or Attack of the Clones, and you're in your like, they have so much ground they have to cover. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, how are they going to do this in two and a half hours? And, you know, really the same for uh, Rise of Skywalker, too. But, you know, myth moves fast. And uh, that's what I think, you know, that's that's what they that's did. That's our other t-shirt. You can get it at tpublic. That's right. That's right. We do have a yeah an online store. I mean, t-shirts are flying off the shelves. But if you want one, uh, we can fill orders. Yep, Sith Biff is going fast. Yeah. I must say. Uh, mullet Obi Wan is the best Obi Wan. Also, <laughs> yeah, top seller. <laughs> um, right on, right on. I don't want to put this one to bed because I just love Obi Wan so much. But we should probably uh, uh, can't wait this one episode. Thanks very much for sticking around for bonus Obi Wan speculation conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it starts where it ends. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a tone poem. It rhymes. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Um, yeah, no, it's awesome. All right. Uh, uh, to everyone listening still and to anyone listening ever, uh, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you and um, we love Star Wars and so do you. And I think that's great. Have a great time. We'll talk to you next week and may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.